Hello, it's Denise from Woman Beyond a Certain Age. As our year is coming to a close, Cindy and I wanted to have one of our favorite guests, truly our favorite, and has probably been on the program the most, and is our resident in-house aging expert. And it's Pat Greenberg. Hello, Pat. Hello, Denise. Hello, Cindy. So wonderful to see you girls. Honey, I have to tell you, you've been on so many times. You bring us so much information about aging. And I follow you, Pat. So I see when you're speaking at different places or when you're and you know, your previous book, Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well. And I know, and we'll talk about that a little later, that you're writing another aging book, Aging Gracefully book. So I'm thrilled for you. Pat taught me not to use the word anti-aging. And I really appreciate that. Because you know what, Pat? There is no such thing. You had said that to me. Anti-aging is bullshit. It's like, it's like fighting nature to say anti-aging to me. Exactly. So, so I just think of aging gracefully or trying to age well. That's what I think of is trying to age well. Now, with that said, it's not aging is not just physical. Aging is mental. It's it's so many things. It's healthy well-being. I asked Pat to come on and the two of us just have a conversation about what we learned this year, okay? Because I think, all I know is Pat, I find the thing that's interesting about life is the continuing learning process that we're involved in. And the reason now, do you know, Cindy and I have done over, I don't know, 200, 250, 300 shows, something like that has been going on for a number of years now. We're not ready to stop because we love the people that we meet. Some of them are friends in my network and a lot of people are new authors and I love what I learn, especially about women as we are aging. So that's what I wanted to, and when I called Pat, and said, Pat, can we talk about what we learned this year? You said yes. And you were so enthusiastic. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I want you, I know you've already thought about it for a couple of days. Talk to us about what you learned this year. So it's such an interesting topic. First of all, I want to, two things I want to say to you. Where'd the year go? Okay. I know. Rhetorical question. Secondly, Every single year, when the year, and my birthday is November, I just turned 63, and I keep saying, I'm not young and I'm not old. I'm teetering on that brink where um, I just did a ton of research on um, what constitutes being elderly, because I'm writing, if I could do a little quick plug, my sure. new book is called It's Okay to Be Old. And this is all we're going to focus on is that it is okay to age. It is okay. Listen, you could be vibrant. You can be, I, I keep saying you can be climbing Kilimanjaro or you could be in an assisted living, whatever it is, it's okay. A lot of things are not your fault. A lot of things you didn't do to yourself, maybe eating blueberries and doing crossword puzzles will stave off dementia and maybe <laughs> walking every day will keep you upright for sure. But this is nothing people do to themselves. This is not a disease. This is not a, aging is not uh, something to be embarrassed of and something to shun. Aging is a natural part of the whole entire package we call life. 
So well said, honey, you could not be. It's, it's this, this constant, I love what you said earlier, Denise, about anti-aging, pro-aging. These are all, let's work as a community, whether you're 30, 60, 90, um, to fight ageism because you are where you are. And one of the things that is emerging in the aging wellness um, space, if you will, is people are talking about intergenerational hookups, like, I don't mean hookups in that respect, but uh, where uh, young people are, uh, there's a college professor, her name is Sky Bergman, and she did a documentary called Lives Well Lived. Please look it up. It's on PBS. And um, she did these um, experiments where she took college students to old age homes. Mm. I hate calling them old age homes, assisted living, 55 and over, whatever you want to call it. These complexes have all kinds of ways to, to, to live your life. And the young people made a buddy with an older person, with a older adult, and they spent the semester learning about each other. And it was remarkable how many of the kids came back and said how much they learned about what an older person could teach them, A, B, and how much they had in common. And the older people came back and said the same thing. I figured it's a 30-year-old kid. They're stupid. They don't know anything about life. And these relationships that were forged were amazing. And the reason I bring that up is because we're talking about how is this year? What do we learn about ourselves? And I am not saying this facetiously. facetiously. I learned I'm intolerant. I learned I'm impatient. And I learned I'm judgy. And I'm learned (laughs) I have a lot to learn. We think we're not. And every time something comes up, you're like, oh, why is that person doing that? Because that's what they do. That's their life. You don't know their history. You don't know their background. Step back a second. Be patient. Be reflective and say, you know what? Maybe the person yelled at me online at the supermarket because they're buying food for a family member that has cancer. Maybe their parent just died. Maybe they just lost their job. Chances are they did not shove you in the store or snap at you or cut you off because you did something. It's because something's going on in their lives. And I can't reiterate enough that that keeps coming back. That theme keeps coming back, that we've got something going on in our lives that we don't like, we can't handle, is causing grief, is causing pain. And we lash out because we just don't want it to be happening to us. What does that circle back to, Denise? Acceptance. Acceptance of your age, of your life, where you're at. And the quicker you get to that acceptance, the easier life is going to be for you. And see, by saying that, Pat, I couldn't agree more. So well said. Acceptance comes from knowing who you are. Yes. So you're just saying things that you found you still have found out about yourself that maybe there's things you don't like, you know, about yourself. And that's that I'm going to tell you this, Pat, when you say that I went to Tuscany in October Mm -hmm. for a writer's retreat. And one of the reasons I went was because I've been taking the same woman. Her name is Allison Waring. Just so people know, it's called memoir Inc. I-N-K. She has an online class. You pay for it. It's it's so reasonable. I, I, I think it's $495, but you, she never makes it, lets it go away. So you can take it for two years. Okay. okay. Now I have taken it. I have gone back to certain paragraphs about it. Now here's the thing. My writing has improved. 
Pat. That's all I can say. I happen to know that my writing, I can actually see it getting better. So I decided I would splurge, go to Tuscany because she was live. Now here's the meat of it. I took, was there all week, 20, 23 other women, every age, every color, every mm. background. Now, in, and I don't want to divulge anything that's not. And so you're in a safe place. We would write a little bit. We might get a prompt to write in case people don't know how writing groups um, work. But there's communities on Facebook. This doesn't have to cost people money if they're if they want to write. Now, the bottom line is, I heard stories of people's childhood that were so horrible pat i mean i'm air raising it's it's scary what people have gone through and so what you're talking about was we don't know what people went through i people read stories of sexual abuse emotional abuse mental abuse physical abuse from their parents people that were supposed to love and protect them that brought them into this world now i need you to know i of course am writing about my grandfather People in my family that I that 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 cherished me. That's all I can say. And my story was about, and this is always I tell my grandfather had a drink cart with the fancy glasses. This is an Italian immigrant that you know really liked jug red wine, but he he he'd gotten this fancy drink cart and he would say to people on the holidays, What would you like to drink? And people might say, a gin and tonic, they would say, oh, I'll have this, I'll have that. My grandfather only made Manhattans. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you could say whatever you wanted, but you were going to get a Manhattan. And when new people came to the family, they'd say, oh, I didn't order this. I'd say, yes, you did. And that was <laughs> just who it was, okay? He made a big flurry about making his Manhattans. Now, so I'm writing stories like that about my family. And these other people, not everyone, but I would say, 12 or 13 out of the 23 okay. women there. Now, I need to tell you something. One, I never respected people more. I, I They were so brave. I felt, I felt, and this is what I learned about myself. I know how pri privileged I've been lots of times in my life. And I don't mean because of money or hardworking immigrant grandparents. I know that I have been loved, greatly loved. I've been married twice. Both my husbands loved me, okay, and loved me. And I mean, I just look around and I've decided what you were talking about so much. If you feel really loved, then you have acceptance. Then you can know who you are. I don't think you're so judgmental when you've been loved because you can, you know what I mean? I think there's so much to feeling good about yourself and accepting life when you've been loved. And then we, yeah, Denise, you know, I can't agree more. I want to talk no. about the, I want to talk about the chain of events that happened. Yes. You're not feeling so good or you're not feeling loved. Your self-esteem drops. When your self-esteem yeah. drops, you start to feel envy, jealousy, anxiety, all those things. I want to tie this in. This is so important because all three of us have lived through this greatly. You cannot underestimate the power of grief. Yes. And I want to share, you're talking about, and this again, circles back to what I learned this year. I've lost a couple of friends. I currently have three friends with stage four cancers of different types, and they're in their fifties and their sixties. Oh. 
there's no age on this. It's just is, it seems to me. When my mother died, I had the support of my father and my five siblings. When my father died, we were orphans. Doesn't matter, we were in our 50s, we were orphans. And I felt like I was falling off a building backwards 90 miles an hour with no safety net. And I remember nothing went well for me that right after that, those couple of years, everything was going wrong in my life. And when I look back, I say, that was me doing that to myself based on the grief. Yes. So the one thing I can say I really learned this year is when I'm not embracing the reality of what's going on, or when I want something to be different than it is, or if I feel a pinch financially, I start to panic and I start to get into an anxiety mode. I'm doing everything wrong. Nothing's ever going to be right again. And it, it's a downward spiral and it makes you behave badly towards other people, even if it's subtle and you're short with your husband or you're impatient with a child or you go to a store and it's like, I called you and I told you to hold the size six shoes for me. And you get there and nobody knows what you're talking about. What do you say? All the kids that work at Macy's are idiots. Yes. Well, no, they're not. I know. Maybe it slipped through the cracks. Maybe. And I learned that these are so subtle. And I, you know, I will not sit here and say, because we do have it good and we are very privileged. And I'm a very patriotic American that way, especially with what's going on in the world right now. But, you know, what I will tell you, your hurts are real. Your, your setbacks are real. But if you could at any given time in your life and at any age, put it into perspective. How badly is it damaging you? And all that's damaging yeah. you is you. You're not, you. if you could change the, the, the attitude and the, the gratitude and all these corny expressions we hear and all these self-help books and, and classes and things that we take, you gotta go deep inside yourself and do what's good with you. Denise, I can't tell you the power of writing. I'm in two writing groups. I haven't gotten another. When I say books, I have my workbooks, my, my professional, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm trying to write not so much a memoir. I want to write a story about what it was like to grow up in the 60s and 70s. It's Great. a hot topic now because of nostalgia, but it's like, you know, I still have to dig deep and, and, and organize my own thoughts before I can share them. And that's something I've been frustrated with. I and you know what I learned last night in a class? This is what? beautiful, girls. If you're writing or you're telling a story or you're trying to figure out your life and you get stuck and you can't get the words out and you can't articulate itself, it's because something's not right. In other words, you haven't really worked out what it is you need and what you need to say. And until you do that, the words aren't going to flow, whether it's verbal or written. And you know what? I know you know this, Pat, from what, whatever what to, whatever you're writing. In work, I set out to write a book once that didn't turn it all out like I thought it was going to. Do you know what I mean? But the publisher liked it and they bought it, so it was all fine. But that was not the book that I envisioned. And I have found in my writing groups and writing these stories of my family or writing stories of my career, sometimes they don't go in the direction, even though I'm in charge of the characters, as I'm writing them, I discover something else. And you touch on it and all of a sudden I think, oh, that's why I needed to write about this. So it makes a huge, I think it makes a huge difference. Now, you know, when you say this, Pat, and this is part of the gratitude, acceptance, things we learned this year. 
a couple of months ago in August, I was going through some more old papers. Why I have every menu from every catering that I ever did in the 80s, Pat, I don't know why. But I call them my papers. Yes. And sometimes I like to touch them and I like to read them again. I've tossed out some of it. Cindy knows because Cindy helped me toss out like scripts from shows that were 20 years ago yes, when we yes, moved. Yes, yes, yes. There, I'd still have those too. I just want you to know. Now, so I was going through papers and I, when I do, I think of how much, how many parties I gave, how many TV shows I worked on, how much work I accomplished. But so I wrote to several of my old clients and I just said, hi, it's Denise. I wanted to tell you I'm retired. I'm living in um, Ventura. I I actually retired. I just wanted you to know I think of you often and thank you so much for the projects that I that you paid me for. And I know I worked, but I can't tell you what they did for me. Okay. One of them sent me five dozen roses from Beverly Hills wow. and had $500 worth of flowers that was exquisite, yeah. saying you were always talented. You helped me. Then I didn't hear from one of them that I'd sent a note to and she used to always email me once or twice a year. And I'm taking a nap. I'd just come back. And Kenny walked in and said, Denise, Suzanne Summers died. And I said, what? Because I knew that she's been fighting cancer. And but she died 77 years before her birthday. Now, there was no one in the whole world that loved their life more than Suzanne Summers. Okay. I happen to know that for a fact. Yeah. And she loved her life and she had nothing but um, empathy for other people. And she she made money at it, but she really wanted to help people. That was her, she loved teaching people and helping people. She wrote 28 books. I didn't realize yeah. it was that many, wow. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So when I heard that and she hadn't returned the note that I sent her and I, I sent it to her in August, then I heard from her assistant, she said, oh, Denise, for six weeks, she was in Chicago because she had fallen down in her own home and broken her neck. Oh, oh yeah. And so she was dealing with that. And then the cancer came back. And I watched one of the videos that Alan, her husband of 40 something years put, and he said, I just think she was overwhelmed at the end. So she, she, but she apparently had cancer everywhere. It had spread and oh, she was. Okay. So, and then on top of that, I'm in Tuscany when I'm just doing my email and Michael Chiarello who was a client of Cindy's and I for a year or two. And we worked on his TV show and we edited some of his tapes and we worked on his recipes. And he was a dear friend. I hadn't talked to him for a while because he was another one. I always, he and I would send each other an email and he'd just say, what's happening, beautiful? And I'd say, what are you up to? And um, he had emailed me after there had been that whole and for, there had been a thing about sexual harassment. Yes, sexual, yes right. I'd heard about and that. I, <clears throat> and he sent me an email and he, he said, you haven't been to my restaurant in San Francisco. I know you're there. I said, I want to come. And then he said, and don't believe all those ugly rumors. And I said, I do not believe them, buddy. I worked with you and you never came on to me. And he laughed and it was just, so he died at 61 years old. Yeah. So, I guess that's the second thing I learned is one, when you want to drop somebody a note, don't hesitate. Absolutely. And do it. Oh my God. I can't say enough about that. You're thinking pick of somebody to pick up the phone. Thank this you. brings me to my next topic, Denise, I want to bring up to you guys. 
is one thing I've, I've said this over and over and, and we've talked about it before. Trust your intuition 1000%. If you have a dream about somebody, something's going on, give them a call. If you have a relationship that needs to be repaired and um, you don't have to, whether it's somebody needs to forgive you or you need to forgive somebody else, reach out. If they choose not to forgive you or they choose not to respond, you do it because it will clear you up. You want you want for you to be at peace. Remember we talked about this peaceful aging, not gracefully yeah. aging, but peacefully aging, that you're at peace. And a lot of what ages us even faster than anything else is emotional turmoil. Yes. And so we hear about stress hurting the body and cortisol being high and financial burdens. Your inner lack of clarity and peace about your own life is more detrimental than any of those things. So like you said, I can't piggyback enough on what you said. If you're thinking of someone or you're worried about someone, I just uh, reestablished a relationship with someone I hadn't spoken to <clears throat> in a very long time. And we were childhood friends. And through the communication, we come to find that somebody else had broken us apart and said things to both of us that weren't true to break the relationship up for her own need to be in charge, whatever it was. And she died of lung cancer last year, this, not my friend, but the intermediary one. And I hate to say it, but the death brought us together that we could talk about what happened between us. And I feel yes. so relaxed that that's been cleared up. I think that that well said, Pat. I have one person, actually, I have two people in my life that I was very close to and we've had falling outs. And one of them, it's been a year or two, and I was thinking I should just drop them a note saying, I'm so sorry it ended this way. But the other reason is, and if this is helpful to people, I don't want to start the relationship up again. Okay. okay. You see what I'm yep. I want to just clear the air because now there's no more anger left or I'm not pissed off or he didn't hurt my feelings. I want him to know that I appreciate all the good times we had. But I don't want to start that back up, Pat, because okay. I can a year and a half out, I can see how, oh God, we were both just codependent with each other and we've been friends for so long. We didn't want to, you know what I mean? We thought we needed each other, but it really wasn't a very healthy relationship, and I don't want to get back into it. And that is that is a beautiful thing to come to realization of today. You say, okay, you know what? There's relationships. Um, and I wrote about that in the in the last book is that there are there are relationships that you may not want, like you're exactly what you're saying. You may not want to pursue it, but you don't want to walk around in anger. And I think the worst thing is you, you have to gird your loins and and steal yourself every time you run into that person. You don't want to feel that way. No. You don't want to run the no. other way when you see someone. You don't get along. It didn't work out. It's like a date. It's like a business arrangement. It didn't work. It's over. You I know, a very interesting when you say that. And I, again, I bring back because this was, I was at Suzanne Summer's house several times in the evening after a photo shoot. And when she was just Suzanne, do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sitting having a glass of wine at her dining room table right. and she would cook dinner because she'd say, you've been on your feet all day long. Let me do this. Mm -hmm. But this was one of my favorites. She told me the story. She said, you know, Denise, a really interesting thing happened. I said, what, Suzanne? She said, John Ritter called me. He was on a TV show in Burbank called Eight Rules or something. Anyway, it was he was the dad. 
And he wanted me to be on it. He called me, but the first words out of his mouth, apparently to Suzanne were, I forgive you. And now that's why I'm calling you. And Suzanne said, you know, it was weird, Denise. I realized something. I didn't owe him an apology. I thought he owed me an apology, but then I realized it didn't matter. And I just wanted to talk to him. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's like the, because that was a public thing that they yes, wanted. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? He died a week later. Yeah. And so she had the conversation with him. They talked to each other. They finished the conversation by saying, I love you. And then he was dead. And I thought, boy, was that ever timely. So I yes. I agree with you, Pat. And it's at the time, if you work on yourself, this has really nothing to do with the other person. That's correct. That's if exactly you, right work on yourself then you can see i mean with the two relations that i'm talking about um there were telltale signs and i decided to ignore them do you see what i'm saying oh, absolutely and, mm -hmm. and my own were in one of them my behavior was totally wrong it was wrong i said things i shouldn't have said okay and i said them because i was mad right. so there are things that you can do to have a more peaceful aging process i agree and that is cleaning. It's all, I mean, I think it's like scrubbing your soul. <laughs> I think it's like looking at problems that you've had and thinking, how could I, it, can I redefine that? Can I re-bracket that in a different way? Absolutely. And still be honest, but get over it so that I'm not unpeaceful. So I learned a lot about myself. I love the things you learned. I also learned in the Tuscany thing, I went, Pat, by myself. I went to Rome early. I stayed at a hotel that I did know because I was comfortable. But I took that trip. I mean, I'm usually, I've been alone a lot on trips, but lots of times someone was with me. Mm -hmm. I negotiated that trip absolutely perfectly all by myself. And every single thing that could go wrong does go wrong, meaning the airlines, um, the airlines out of Italy, big surprise, the flight was late. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, in Italy, I went up to the counter and I said, oh, if, that, if they just made the announcement. I'm not kidding you. If those people behind the counter still could be smoking legally, you know, they would have all yeah. been yeah. blowing the smoke. Yeah. In my and they, I said, so it looks like we will be an hour late into, you know, New York, so I'm gonna miss my connection, right? And the the girl, this is the, she's the supervisor behind the counter says, "Well, uh, maybe, but maybe that's the next plane late too. Why don't you wait and find out?" And I thought, okay, let me fly for ten hours on a plane and worry that I'm not gonna make my connection, right? And then, of course, I did miss the connection because they we had to go through customs. So it all turned out. I got the next flight. Kenny came to pick me up because see, my thing is now when I travel, I have to, if I'm flying out of LAX, I have to either take a shuttle or I have to take a flight from Santa Barbara. Right, where right, right. I, okay. I lived to 10 minutes from the airport when we lived in the right. flat. You know what I mean? So it adds another dimension, but I got to the guest house that they hadn't given me the right code in Rome. So now I'm standing there. I don't know a soul. I'm in a guest house, which means there is no concierge, but you're renting an apartment in this old building. 
Um, it was hysterical. And the only reason I got nervous for a minute was I had to pee so bad. I thought I was going to die. And I thought I'm going to, and there's businesses around me. I thought I'm going to knock on other doors and say, excuse me, I don't want to pee pee in the hallway. Could I use your bathroom? But I, it, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And yet I traveled just fine by myself. Do you know what I mean? I was so proud of myself. So that was a very, and I know this for, as we age, I'm going to be taking a lot of trips by myself because my husband doesn't want to travel anymore. I want to and, add something to that because this yeah. is very, very profound. That is another thing I learned about myself is how I've let fear, <clears throat> for some reason, it's been very profound this year. I've let fear get in the way of me doing things and pursuing things. And Absolutely. I know it doesn't make sense with my public persona. I look fearless and I know that. Yeah. And I've climbed uh, towers and I've run marathons and I've traveled all over the world. But the fear creeps in and then you start to say, well, I don't want to fly by myself to Italy. What if I get there and the, the apartment's not open? Or what if I fly back and miss my flight and I'm trapped in an airport somewhere? <laughs> if you could just say to yourself, okay, I'm going to roll with it and just say, you know what? I can do it. If you don't have physical limitations, you can do it. And even if you do, you can pick up a phone. This leads into asking for help. You can say, you know what? I'm flying and I'm a little concerned about it. Maybe I'll make a reservation or find out about a hotel near the airport in case I get tripped up. Like think through instead of saying, oh my goodness, if that happens, yeah. I'll never survive it. Say, okay, what are the steps I can take that if something does happen, I have a plan B and I have a provision. Denise, this again ties into, um, I can't say enough about um, something I've learned this year about, and you saw my, and I'm still, it's my ongoing quest to clean the house out perfectly. So there's no, I'm putting Marie Kondo to shame. But the truth of the matter is I learned so much about myself, the, uh, attachment I have to things that might no longer be appropriate to my life or I attach to, I'm attached to them because it's an escape hatch. Yes. You know, if all else fails, I've got this piece of jewelry or, That's you know, and that is crazy thinking in my mind. I know. In my mind, you're not being in the present and you're not looking forward. You're scared. And I look around and I say, um, I'm sneezing or I feel a little allergic. Well, when was the last time I cleaned off the shelves in the bathroom that are gathering dust? Yes. Right. You see how much you cause your own problems by. Oh, God. Yes. Right. Oh, God. Yes. Now. One of the things, and this is the last thing, because I want it, you know, I'm not angry very much anymore, Pat, because I don't go to that's work. Right. That's no. very healthy. Yeah. When when Cynthia and I had to work, oh, my God, it was easy to get angry not like Cindy and I would get there. The photographer had lied. He hadn't gotten a generator. The stove didn't work. The client did not send the samples. I mean, it could it, there could be a litany of things that morning that just put us behind, behind, behind. But then the client would say, well, I hope you're not going into overtime because of this, which what, of course we're going into overtime yeah. now because you fucker. Right. So, <laughs> did 6,000 things wrong. but And then, of course, you can't say that. So I would just say, well, let's move as fast as we can. But I would go back to the kitchen. And I'd say to Cindy, I want to shoot this person. Do you know what I mean? I, I right. Oh, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Yep. So with that said, 
I'm so seldom angry because I'm not dealing with the outside world. I mean, I'm exactly what you said. I walk through stuff, Pat. I call a new doctor. I call them three times. Did you check with Medicare? You have the approval. Mm -hmm. And your office is still on 7th Street. I've gotten to doctors that have changed their offices three months, three weeks into it. And then they go, oh, we forgot to tell you we moved offices. Yeah. Sorry. And you drive there and it's on. the. So I'm very good about you've checked with Medicare. This is the address you're at. Our appointment is this. You have the records from my last doctor. I mean, I'm really good at that. Yeah. And the reason I say that is that so I don't have a lot of anger. I don't feel like there's a lot of things to be angry about because we take care of it. I take care of it. now. So I get to Tuscany and this is the only thing and this was the broken record that poor Cindy heard about. Get to Tuscany, it's a beautiful old winery. The, the woman teaching the course is magnificent and her two helpers are magnificent. I can't say enough nice things. The winery is exactly what you think it's gonna be. Now Tuscany's dry right now, so it's very dusty and mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. a green, beautiful carpet you remember of Tuscany, but and it's an old winery. They make good wine, Pat. So that's nice. They give us a glass of wine at dinner. But after the first night, the food is absolutely horrible. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, no, who's ever gone to Italy and had a bad meal? No. Right. The first night, it's pretty good, but I even when it's three courses every night, the pasta was good. The next one was shit. I thought, okay, forgive them that, Denise. We went, it was the first night. We all were fine. Second night, I'm thinking, man, this food is cheap. Okay, small portions. You know, I'm come on, I've been a food for 40 years. Of course, I know when people are making cheap food and when they're just feeding us is what it is. You right. don't, somebody, the event planner had to have told the the winery, oh, $3 a head or $10 a head or whatever they told. By the third night, when they were serving us canned green beans as a side dish, I'm now, I'm like I'm the crazy woman at the table. All these other women, of course, they're not in food. These women are not yeah, in food. Yeah, yeah. They're grandmothers. I'm saying, this food is horrible. This food is, I'm like this crazy woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This food is horrible. This food is horrible. Now, one or two of them said to me, I know, uh, more than one or two, about 10, half of them said, this food is not very good. It wasn't hot, Pat. There wasn't enough of yeah. it. I mean, it wasn't executed well either, right? Mm -hmm. I kept saying, this is, uh, now, to make the long story short, I never stopped complaining. And I wrote the event planner by Tuesday. I wrote her a note and said, this food is not appropriate. I'm incredibly disappointed. Uh, I can see every mistake. Here was the example. They kept making scrambled eggs, but honey, she didn't have a chafing dish at breakfast. So you know how lovely it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold scrambled eggs that been sitting up for an hour and a half. Anyway, I bitched. I bitched to her. Nothing changed. She wrote me back and said, oh, everyone loves the food. I said, I, I don't believe you. Uh, let's take a poll now. But here's what happened. I the admire your your chutzpah to go there I, and say what you thought. Rather, people were probably sitting back and were afraid to say anything. Now, now here's what I learned. <laughs> Another beautiful, a lot of Canadians. Now, you know how polite Canadian women oh, are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. One of the other beautiful, one of the youngest said to me, so cute, the next day on the bus, I looked you up, Denise. I said, oh, did you? She goes, you're famous. I said, no, darling, I'm not. I'm a husband, as they say. But I do know a lot about food. She said, I don't like this food, and I'm going to complain, too. So she wrote a letter also. Okay. okay. But 
the food was not going to improve because how's the chef gonna there's no more money you right, know. right right no. right that's worked in the kitchen now here was the part every day i am reading people are reading these stories of abuse 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 horror and tears and at nighttime i'm looking for comfort pat okay yeah no comfort because i'm getting canned green beans right 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 so, I have to tell you, my anger was at an all-time high by the time we left that place, okay? Because the food, it, uh, because I felt so helpless and I was so angry that it was such terrible food. It took me about two weeks and then I'm taking my dogs for a walk and I thought to myself, so the, the half of the women that didn't complain, did I notice, are those the women that were abused? So are they so were they so used to being abused that they allowed this to, to keep happening to them? And one of them, lovely woman, but in our we have a group chat, says to me, Oh, Denise, I think you were just had too high of expectations because you come from your posh life. Now I need you to know something. I could have ripped her fucking juggler out of her throat. Right. And instead, in the text, I said, no, you're wrong about that. My posh life has involved making a brisket for Oprah or roast chicken for Glenn Close or Harrison Ford saying, can I have pigs in a blanket? So don't talk to me about posh. Talk to me about well-prepared food because right. that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know. So anyway, it was very interesting. But when I finally put it together myself, because I kept thinking, why was I so angry? Right. I realized why. Because one, the food shouldn't be, it, it, it doesn't have to be like that. Okay. It didn't have to be like that. And we were a captive audience. Right. Because all our meals were dependent on, do you know what I mean? Yes. So anyway, I learned a lot about myself. And I learned that when that woman said to me, oh, you're posh life or you've cooked for celebrities, that's why you, you, the rest of us don't cook well. So we didn't think the food was bad. And I said to her then, I said, I'm sorry for you because food, to a fried egg prepared properly is, is to be <laughs> heavenly. Yes, absolutely. Orgasmic. So how dare right. you try to put that right. on me? Right. Anyway. It's you can talk yeah. you know you know it's it, it's funny how we all bring our experiences to the table yes and um it is it's astounding to me how varied our responses are but I think the one thing that's universal is we have to sit back and we have to listen and we have to say I need to acknowledge where that person's coming from. And that is also a reflection of what's going on in the politics in our world and all the things that are happening is if you could just sit back and say, okay, I have my views, I'm angry, I'm this is unacceptable. Because I was in, um, I won't get too detailed because we're, we're getting there on time, but I was at a group setting on a trip and um, <clears throat> somewhat captive audience because the, all of our meals were pre-planned when I was traveling into Cuba. And I remember some of the people weren't that nice to me when it came, when we were talking about the food. And I realized it's like, they're just making assumptions about you. They're just yes. making assumptions about, you know, and like you said, maybe they went back to their room and looked me up and saw that I've written cookbooks and that I do eat well, live well, age well. 
And I wasn't putting that on anyone else. Like you say, it was me. I felt that I wanted to be nourished the way I wanted to. And if I asked for certain things, I should get it. And there's always that fine line with saying, you don't want to stand out. You don't want to get, bring attention to yourself. You don't want to, but it's interesting how people respond to that. And that's where I think we need to really be, especially as we age, because you're, you also dictate how the world perceives you. Yes. I think as you get older, it's very important to not hide anything or not be who you are, but be aware that how you behave and what you say, combined with the fact that you're an older person, you're going to, you, you may get some flack for it. So being mindful without walking on eggshells, what's another thing I learned is like when I go in, don't be demanding, but be firm and say, you know, this is, this is my expectation. And if you do it in such a way that if you can listen to what the other person's, and we all have it, you know, you just want to go pick up your dry cleaning and they can't find your sweater and you yeah. flip it out and just say, okay, think back. I dropped it off on Wednesday. You know, can we work back? And that's been very calming for me, Denise, I have to tell you, to not be combative, even if I'm right. And even if I paid for it, and it's a service that I deserve, instead of being competitive, I say, let's work through this together. And I just leave less stressed out. You know what? You could not be more correct, Pat. And in one, again, traveling back and forth to Italy, on the way, I had to take a connecting flight somewhere. I can't remember what city I was in. And the little girl at the counter was Italian. Couldn't have been sweeter, but the flight we knew was overbooked. And she was doing, she was doing everything. I mean, I don't even know how she was handling all this. And people were yelling at her and they were getting out of line and people were saying nasty things. I was in line. I got my boarding pass and I passed her a chocolate bar that I had yeah. bought a Swiss chocolate bar. And I said, you deserve this because you are doing everything. And this crowd behind me is ugly. And she just said, I can't think she was, so, <laughs> she was so darling. And I thought, you know, I'm getting on that plane because I wasn't an asshole. That's and, right. That's you know? right. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what I'm saying is that be mindful of how you're perceived and be mindful of how you perceive others. Just take that. Um, this is another book I want to write. I call it The Power of Ten. You can do anything for 10 seconds, 10 minutes. Just uh, it's an old it's an old school. You know that thing of breathing in for 10 seconds, breathe out, count to 10 before you answer. Take 10 minutes before you respond to an email that pissed you yeah. off, right? Yeah. Take a second and go, okay. It doesn't mean you're wrong all the time. It doesn't mean you have to suppress your feelings. It's just gathering your thoughts and your emotions in that same sense of even walk away or just put your arms over your head, just a couple of seconds, just take oh, that pause, right? You just, it only took me, I'm 73. It only took me 70 years to learn that. To not respond right away. You know what I, this is just since I'm retired, I don't have to respond to my emails like I used to. That's right. It's not a job the next day that I'm losing. But now sometimes I read things at the end of the day, I'm tired or just like anybody else or whatever. And I read it and I think, oh, how dare they say that to me? And you know, when I read it the next morning, Pat, it wasn't at all what I was interpreting when I was tired the night before. So, you know what I mean? Or something had happened. So uh, your take 10, that's a brilliant 
And Cindy used to always say, when we were working together, when things would start to spiral down, as you say, which is exactly the thing, Cindy would say, there's only five hours left. There's only three hours left. We're down to the last hour. And her like little timing warnings, all of a sudden, everybody on the crew would think, yeah, she's right. This is almost over. So you didn't even have to muster up controlling it anymore because she, she was giving us a time. It was almost over. Now, Lisa, Pat- if you could talk to yourself the way you talk to your employees or your crew. Yes. Say, hey, guys, listen, you know, we're almost there. And remember, guys, this is supposed to be fun. Hey, we're here to... You know, we're here for the good of the project. We want this magazine shoot or this TV show to come out perfect. I think we should talk to ourselves that way. Hey, Patricia, I want this book to be a success. So let's sit back and see what it takes to get the book out. Let's sit down and look at the work we have in front of us. Let's look at the ill family member. How much can we contribute to their wellness and how much is out of our scope, right? It's like with everything in your life, is that you can just say, what can I do and what can I do and be real about that, be accepting about that and just look in the mirror and say, I do the best I can every single day. Ain't that the truth. Now, Misty, as always, it's been too long since we've talked. Yes. We have a date like next week just to talk on the phone and get caught up. Yes, yes, yes. I want to thank you. This was fabulous. Pat, I want to tell the listening audience, Cindy and I, and I'll probably do a little video. So Cindy and I are taking the month of December off so that we can enjoy the holidays. Fantastic. And Wonderful choice. Wonderful choice. We have, a, we have a lot. I know people don't think so, but the longer it took me the first two years, I wasn't. Now that I've been retired, going into my fourth year, I have a lot of things to do. Yeah. 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 I, I have a lot of things to do. So Cindy and I will not have... You're our last guest for 2023, Pat, and we thank you so much. I said to Cindy, um, did she want to tell us anything? She can jump in here. Is there anything that she learned in 2023 that she wants to share with us? Are you there, Miss Cindy? I am. Um, I knew you were. <laughs> I I learned uh, well. I learned that if I don't do yoga every morning, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. This is huge. That's no, huge. That's huge. Yeah, and it's too easy to stop yes. because yeah. you start to feel good, and you think, "Oh, I can let a day or two go by, and then it's been a week or two." Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you know any kind of walk? Any kind yes. of a walk. Yeah, oh. yep, yep. I can't say enough about that. Movement. Movement is key and all roads lead to movement when it comes to aging well. My Any movement. Just yeah. keep your body upright. Yeah. And yoga for sure. Yes, what? absolutely. And I started, which I never thought of. I'm into my third almost up to my 30th Pilates class. Now wow. Wow. good for you. I, I only go once a week. Um I go, I have, I've had two, but the latest one is Peggy. She's my age and Peggy works on my posture and on my core and on everything. And you know what I had, and she says, when she says to me, oh, Denise, your legs are so much stronger. I think to myself, my legs are stronger. I mean, I'm Diane Nyad. Okay. There you go. There you go. So to come, I agree with you, Cindy. And that's a, that is 
such a big thing to learn. I know this because I have two dogs. I walk every day. I get they get exercise. I stretch my back. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm stretching my back when I walk. But you know what? I solve so many internal struggles when I walk for an hour every day. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all I, I don't know. It's just like, I'll start out worried about something or was that inappropriate that I said, my sister and I, oh, why did we say that to each other? And then after I walked, I said, I'll just text her that I hope she's well and I'll talk to her later. It all changes when you get enough exercise. Your mental yeah. Yeah. changes with enough exercise and things don't seem so gigantic. Well, if people want to reach out, we will put all Pat's information up. Cindy does it all when we broadcast. If people want to reach out to Cindy and I, it's womenbeyond at iCloud.com. And I want to thank, we've had so many new people join the group. Have you noticed that, Cindy? We've had, and some of them just, I guess they go to Podbeam and they don't have to be in the group to listen to the podcast. Because I've had people that I do not know saying, oh, I really enjoyed that, or thank you so much, or I'd like to be on your podcast. Or yeah, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, our listenership uh, for um, that one week was up like 1,200%. Wow. I don't know what happened. A whole bunch of people found us for, <laughs> for a week. I've heard some women, I've, this is what I'm saying, a whole bunch of women reached and then wanted to friend me on Facebook. And just said, oh, I loved your podcast. And I thought, I have no idea who this is. So that was lovely. Just a random, uh, random listeners. I so know. ladies, I want to express to both of you my gratitude for having me on and the years and years of friendship we had. And hopefully there'll be many, many more. And I just can't tell you how comfortable and wonderful it is to chat with you girls regularly about aging well, because it isn't even just the aging, it's the friendships. Yes, it's the the sharing and open. You can open your life up to anyone at any age. Pat, say at any age, I'm going to become more of what I've always wanted. And you guys know this my 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 line that I always repeat myself with. You know, you may not become uh, an Olympic swimmer or a major league baseball player, but there's so many things you could be doing at any age to expand and open and feel fulfilled and make new friends, it's never, ever, ever too late because death is final. And we know that as we get older, you know, when you're younger, you still think you're gonna see the person or you think you're gonna hear from them. You reach a point where you go, you know what? They're not coming back. And and you realize that um, it isn't a doom and gloom, like I better get it all in before the no. end. It's more like you understand how precious every day and every minute is. And being grateful for that is so uh, centering and so healing. Pat, you're so elegant. I always say the same thing. I say the same thing to Kenny every day. I said, honey, we got one foot in the grave and one foot on the banana peel. Thank you, Pat. Thank Thank you, girls. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Yes. Happy, happy new year. And let's regroup in January. You got a deal. All right. Bye. You're welcome. Thank you, girls. Bye. Bye Bye. Bye.